welcome to stat. I'm telling you all. Medical true crime stories, and it gets bizarre. Karen Wickham, yeah, she used to work in the R. And now she's sharing the knowledge, so let's get involved. Hey, funny and scary at the same time. Medical mysteries, all facts, she ain't lying. <laughs> so tune in to stat if you dare. Cause crazy things can happen anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to Stat, Shocking Traumas and Treatments, and I am your host, Karen Wickham, coming to you from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Mary. Hello, everybody. Mary's Mary's here today. I'm here. Well, I'm usually here every day. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, on the podcast. Yeah, you are. I am. I'm okay. a regular fixture now. You are, and I love it. Now, I had in mind the flow of the next few episodes, but I thought it was really important to discuss the case of Nurse Redonda Vaught. It has actually come to the attention, or rather people have discussed it in our Facebook group. And a few people um, asked me if I would actually um, do an episode on it or what my opinion is on it. So I decided to do both the episode and my opinion. And um, so here we are. And I I think uh, there is a lot, a lot to unpack here. And um, you'll see why. You you don't know much about this case, do you? Uh, I just know the basics a bit that it was a medical medication error of some sort. Uh Uh-huh. And something bad happened. Okay, so you really don't know anything about this case. <laughs> no, not really. Well, you told me, but I don't remember the specifics other than there was something to do with medication error. So blasted the headlines all over the news and such says, you know, disgraced nurse uh, loses license, uh, ex-nurse, um, you know, found guilty of criminal homicide and stuff like that. So it blasts looking like, holy shit, like on first notice from me I was like oh fuck not another nurse you know doing a terrible thing it's kind of what I do with this podcast so sometimes my well most of the time my brain goes to okay now what because I really don't want it to be so um and of course either way I want to learn about it so let's just get into it okay Radon Avant is a 36 year old nurse from Tennessee She was found guilty and indicted for criminally negligent homicide and abuse of an impaired patient. There has been an outcry from nurses that will be hesitant to report mistakes because they may be criminally charged. So, so what happened? I'm going to go through a timeline of things and just break it down because really this case was stretched from 2017 to March of this year. Okay. So October 15th, she begins a job as a nurse at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center, which is the largest hospital in Nashville and one of the most respected hospitals across the nation. Yeah, prestigious, very prestigious. Yeah, yeah. Um, on December 24th, 2017, Charlene Murphy, 75-year-old woman, was admitted to Vanderbilt Hospital with a subdermal hematoma. Now, I'm just going to quickly go over what that is, okay? Um, it's a buildup of blood on the surface of the brain. Uh, The blood builds up in the space between the protective layers that surround your brain, and it puts pressure on the brain, and this can lead to difficulty breathing, paralysis, and death. 
Okay. Uh, among other things, you know, your affect your heart rate, uh, the pump and all that kind of stuff. And it may need to be drained. Sometimes it's watched, sometimes it's drained, but it's considered a very serious medical condition. Oh yeah, for sure. Concussions and stuff like that. They're always looking for bleeds, bleeds. Yeah. Because basically the, the dura, which is the outermost, or if you look at the, the dura matter, which is the outermost layer of the meninges, it's tough and fibrous. And so if blood starts to build up between that and the brain, there's not much expansion. So then it's going to, where is it going to go? It's going to press downward on the brain. Yeah, there's no nowhere for it to go exactly. Um, on December 26, 2017, Murphy's condition improves. In fact, she was to get an MRI. And if it looked good, they were going to send her home. Okay. So a drug called Versed was ordered to give as a sedative to set the patient up, like to prep them to for the MRI so they can just, you know, be still. And MRIs tend to be long. You know, a CT, you go in, you're out. You know, you're usually not in there more than, oh God, no more than 10 minutes, you know, um, where an MRI can last anywhere from like 20 minutes to, you know, close to an hour. And it's, you know, an enclosed space and, and that kind of thing. So, um, some people, well, for either one, because you are going into a closed space, some people are claustrophobic and may need a bit of sedation to help them to stay still because any movement just completely messes up the images. So um, it's not unusual to give a patient something. Um, if like a walk-in patient, they may give somebody out of van. In fact, I had to get a CT of my uh, MRI of my back recently, and there was a lady that was um, with me well, not with me, but w- waiting to to get an MRI as well. And her husband was with her, and they gave her out of van. And she's like, she's like, oh, I'm like really nervous. She was really, really sweet. She was an older lady, and she's like, you know, this is I really like the feeling of this. <laughs> she's like, oh, I just feel really good. And then her husband's, she's like, will you just keep an eye on me and make sure I'm okay? And he's like, yeah, dear, it's okay. yeah, I will. And it was they were just so sweet. And then she's like, slump and drool, and <laughs> and he just looks at me and kind of like winks, and I'm like. You know, so, you know, she was really, she was good to go for the MRI, but it was sort of, you know, cute. Um, So anyway, the drug is also known as midazolam and it's a, a benzo and it's commonly used before surgery or a procedure and it decreases anxiety. It, it causes sedation and it may decrease your memory for after. So you don't remember the procedure if somehow you're a little bit awake during it, but it's really good to just give it to them. It helps them slip under. It's just another, you know, among many other ways to anesthetize somebody or just, you know, keep them sedated. However, Redonda accidentally gave Vecuronium. Okay. And this drug is given for deep anesthesia. Okay. Um, just to talk about this drug a bit, it's used to relax the muscles. It blocks the signals between the nerves and the muscles. And it's given before general anesthesia in preparation for surgery. So you're, in essence, paralyzed. And you can't... But you'd be intubated. Yes, you can't breathe on your own. So it's given, and then immediately you're intubated. Because, you know, your muscles in your throat relax. You relax, It's easy, you're easy to intubate. And then, because you can't breathe because you're muscles aren't working, you are intubated. Exactly. So you are monitored 
you know, um, oxygen is given to you, you're taken care of. But you can't just give this drug without support. Right. Okay. So what were the names of them? Okay. Versed. Versed, okay. And Vecuronium. Okay, so I could okay. see already they both start with Vs. So Usually, I, I go by bedazolam. It's a common word, like, name used here, but it's interchangeable. Like, some places will say diazepam. Some people, some places will say Valium, right? right. But it's the same, it's the same drug. Well, so, Ativan is lorazepam, right? Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. thing. So, um... So she gave this drug accidentally, Uh-oh. okay? And by the time the patient was found in the MRI, she had been, she was brain dead. Oh, geez. Okay, so, you know, you can assume that she, not, you know, she didn't get enough oxygen to the brain because she couldn't breathe. Um, now, she admits to making this mistake. So at no point does she try to um, get out of it. She's like, I did it. On December 27, 2017, Charlene Murphy dies at 1 o'clock after being disconnected from a breathing machine. Two Vanderbilt neurologists report the death to the Davidson County Medical Examiner, but they do not mention the med error and the vecaronium being given. The cause of death is listed as being natural due to the subdural hematoma. Oh, okay, wait a minute. What date was that? 27th. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so literally the next day. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. The cause of death, like I said, was natural due to subdural hematoma. The medical examiner does not independently investigate the death. Okay. January 2018, Vanderbilt officials take actions that obscure the fatal med error from the government and the public. Okay. They did not report this to the state or federal officials, which is required by law. Yeah, I was going to say medical errors, isn't there? There's, I mean, they happen, so obviously there's some sort of a process to be followed. Especially when death is involved. Uh, yeah, I would okay. think so. <laughs> and they're also, you know, um, strongly encouraged to report it to the Joint Commission, which is a credit accrediting agency, which they didn't do that as well. Okay, so they fire vault. Early 2018, Vanderbilt negotiates an out-of-court settlement with Murphy's family. And the family is required not to speak publicly about the death and medication error. So that's hush money. Mm. Public did not know about this settlement. May 18th, Vaught begins work as a throughput coordinator. Here it's known as a bed manager. Okay at TriStar Centennial Medical Center in Nashville. It's not a clinical position, but you do have to have your RN to do it. It's a tough job, too. Basically, you're communicating through all departments to um, get patients discharged, make sure that they're discharged on time. People come from OR, from ER, to make sure that the beds are constantly moving. And, um, you know, it's a shuffle. Mm-hmm. But it's not... You can understand why you need to have the medical knowledge so that you're not, you know, putting the wrong person on the wrong floor. <laughs> yeah, or um, but you're not directly. You're not shifting with, the wrong. Per- yeah, yeah, or that you're discharging someone that needs to stay. You have to understand like what's going on, right? Okay. But you're not actually doing 
client care. No, like no client care, care, no bedside care, nothing like that. But okay. you do have to have, you know, the an RN level knowledge of, of to, to do this job. Mm-hmm. On October 3rd, 2018, an anonymous source tips off the state and federal health officials about the unreported med error that was responsible for Murphy's, Murphy's death. Now, I wonder if it was the family that um, reported it. I mean, basically, they're like, here's some hush money. And, but it could have been anybody, but it makes me wonder, like, who would be, who would want to. And I, and I, you know, it's not that I, there's two sides to every story. This is just speculation. Nothing at all leads to this. Um, and there's no, like, questioning or blame or anything towards the family. I would be fucking livid if this is how my family uh, member died. Did she realize that she'd given the wrong medication? Yes. After the fact. After the fact. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And she didn't self-report. She did self-report. Oh, okay. Yeah. To who? To the powers that be. To like her manager. Okay. To the. But what about her, like a nursing association or something like that? She, re- um, I don't know. If she went to the nurse association, but she reported to the hospital what she did. She's like, "Look, I fucked up." Yeah. Okay. You know, of course, I'm paraphrasing. Um, right. Right. You know, I gave the wrong drug. It's this is what happened feeling. here. Yeah. I'm she sure. went through the process as you know expected through the hospital. Um, you know, rules and regs and by her governing body, she did exactly what she was supposed to do. And they were like, shh, we'll take care of it. Well, you know, I, I don't know. It sounds like it. I don't know if they said that exactly, but, you know, that was, it was sort of left at that. And then they gave hush money and they didn't report it to the federal or state. Uh, like Vanderbilt, like, tried to sweep this under the rug. They didn't want anybody to know about it. Okay. Or if somebody that was in a position of authority made a, Poor choice. Well, it was a cover-up as far as I'm concerned, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So on October 23rd, 2018, the Tennessee Department of Health that is responsible for licensing and investigating medical professionals decides not to pursue a disciplinary action against Vault. Okay, and this is what their quote, their quote was, it did not constitute a violation of the statutes and or rules governing the profession. She's even sent a letter from them saying this matter did not merit further action. Okay, so it's done. She did made a, a terrible mistake. It led to the death of a patient. She reported it to who she was supposed to report it to. As you can see, it went to the Tennessee Department of Health. They said, no, you're, you're good. Didn't violate. And here, here's even a letter saying that there's no further action. So there you go. She's already been fired from the one job. She carries on with this, this job as a a throughput coordinator. Early November, 2018, the centers of Medicare and Medicaid services get a tip about what happened at Vanderbilt. Okay. They conduct a surprise inspection at the hospital. And they confirmed that Murphy died from an accidental dose and the hospital did not report it to the government or the medical examiner. Okay. So how, what they probably looked at the chart. I guess they just looked at everything, okay. whatever investigation, you know, to and said, Oh no, wait, this was an overdose, an accidental overdose, but no, no, it not... wasn't even, it wasn't even an overdose. It was a uh, wrong medication. Right. A medication error that led yeah. to, well, stop breathing. Yeah. Well, it led to the patient's death. Exactly. And they're like, wait a minute, you didn't report this. And the medical examiner didn't examine it. Mm-hmm. So in late November 2018, 
the Centers of Medicaid and Medicare Services, released the investigation report to the press, okay? But it doesn't name Vought or Murphy. They just say someone died from the wrong med given. So now the press know about it. I'm going to call them the CMS instead of go through the whole you know, right, centers right. of, yeah. Okay. The CMS threatened to suspend Vanderbilt's Medicare pay- payments. Oh, 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 boy. So this would cripple the hospital's revenue. So they said that Vanderbilt has to prove that they have taken steps to prevent a similar error. So Vanderbilt quickly provides a plan of correction. Came up with it pretty fast. And the CMS accepts it. And there's no further problems. I'm just so, thinking- and so for the CMS, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got what we wanted. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it could be a fucking piece of paper that says, we will... Not do it again, honest, honest. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, okay, well, we got the documentation now, you know. Um, on February 4th, 2019, Vought is publicly outed when she is arrested on a criminal indictment for her role in Murphy's death. So... Where did that come from? Yeah. How She's, did that information get out? I guess they just, yeah. They did. Hmm. Okay. She was charged with reckless homicide and abuse um, of an impaired adult. February 5th, 2019, the Tennessee Board of Licensing of Healthcare Facilities request a meeting with Vanderbilt. Um, and they are responsible for disciplining hospitals. They talk about the fatal drug error in this meeting and the CEO of Vanderbilt, C. Wright Pinson admits the death wasn't reported because the response was too limited. You know, they were, they were constrained under some made up condition that they couldn't, we were too, it was too limited for us to, we, we really didn't have everything we needed to do it. So. And it was confirmed that they paid off the family. And no disciplinary action was taken. Okay. That's me rolling my eyes. That looked like you rolled them so hard that it would hurt. (laughs) Um, I still don't understand their excuse, but whatever. February 8th, 2019, Vought sets up a GoFundMe page for legal fees. And this is like when you set up GoFundMe pages often... Um, like I've donated to them and, the, and usually there's a, an explanation of what they need. And, you know, sometimes Why? it's quite law, like it'll explain everything. So this is what she wrote. Many feel strongly that setting the precedent that nurses should be indicted and incarcerated for inadvertent medical errors is dangerous. End quote. Mm-hmm. Okay. She didn't intentionally do this. Of course. Well, no, I mean, she's not a psychopath. Yeah. She's not one of these serial killer nurses yeah. or doctors. Mm-hmm. It was terrible what happened, but in the same token, it wasn't like, I'm going to give this and I'm going to intentionally harm this person. February 20th, 2019. Um, This is when she has her first appearance in court and she pleads not guilty to the criminal charges. She doesn't deny what happened, but she doesn't plead guilty to criminal charges. Several... um, Several dozen nurses, um, some of who had traveled quite far uh, outside the state, attend the the hearing to to show support for her. Um, her lawyer, Peter Straints, 
states that Vanderbilt shares the blame in the death, but not the total blame. And this is what he said, quote, I think when this case is tried and the facts come out, it's a mistake and not all her fault. There are some real systemic problems with the way they dispense medicine through that automatic dispensing system, end quote. Mm. So it's a drug system where it's a machine, you type in what you need, and that is dispensed to you. Um, sometimes the wrong drug can be spit out. So you enter what drug you wanted and, or it, the orders are for that patient. Cause you have to put the patient's name in, you have to, you know, and usually the, the orders are up on the screen. You decide what drug you want. It spits that drug out for you. You take it, you give it. That's how it's done. And it's specifically for that patient because you put in that patient's name. Exactly. Right. So that would hopefully minimize those kind of things. Exactly. So, um, so what happened is that it spit out the vecuronium. March 27, 2019, prosecutors and investigators state that Vaught made 10 separate errors when giving the wrong med, such as overlooking the warning signs. And it's true. On the bottle, it'll say it's a paralyzing agent. So this is where like, there's no doubt. She admitted to this. She's, I fucked up. <laughs> My words, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big difference between Versed and Vecuronium. And it it there it screams like this is what it does the other thing is that versed is or midazolam comes in liquid form so it tells you how many milligrams per mil or micrograms or whatever amount and you draw that up so two milligrams maybe two mils or 0.5 mil depending how it's concentrated and then the vecaronium is powdered so you reconstitute it so it may say put five mils of saline into the bottle, inject it in, mix thoroughly, you know, and then it will say draw out X to equal X amount. So the fact that she had to reconstitute this medication is enough to make you have an extra look at the bottle because you have to reconstitute it. Mm-hmm. Now I can see some people might not know the difference. They might not know that one is liquid and one is powdered. The fact is though, you're also supposed to like do your your checks, right? Patient, right amount, so right might, drug. So you might reconstitute a certain amount, but you might only you might reconstitute a certain amount, but only give then a smaller portion of that. Well, you can you may give the entire portion. Depends on what the order is for. Okay. The the re, you reconstitute the drug, and it may equal to a hundred milligrams. Say, okay. So let's just say a hundred milligrams in one mil. Let's just say they are. Give, they are ordered to give 50 milligrams, you would give half a mil. See what I'm saying? Oh, God, that's math. I'm not good with math. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I'm just saying, like, is there some meds that you can, you can't, there's only, like, you need enough to reconstitute, but you may not need that whole amount to give to the patient is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. And usually what will happen is um, you dispose of that, uh, that extra amount. And so, some of it is only another like, nurse, nurse has to re- sign off on that usually. Yeah, you, it depends on what drug it is. Okay. All scheduled medications, uh, opiates, benzos, all that kind of stuff, you have to sign out. And like wherever I've worked, you toss what's left over. It's generally, that's what's expected. If you crack open a vial with 10 milligrams of morphine, you give five milligrams, you now throw out that five milligrams as witnessed by another nurse 
and signed off on. In some cases, the whole amount will be drawn up and then it will be labeled, put aside, and half will be given in the other half. But that's not how it's supposed to be done. But that is done sometimes. I'm surprised that like a medication like this one that was the paralyzing one, the vector. The, what did you call it? Medal- Vecaroni- oh, but midazolam is not the, the not the paralyzing one. That's a benzo. Oh, okay. The vecaronium is the paralyzing one. Vecaronium. Okay. See, in the in the ER, in the crash carts, the crash carts are locked up with little tags, like they're little mini right, right. Um, locks. Mm-hmm. And when an a you know an, a trauma comes in, you crack that lock. It's plastic. It's easy. If that lock isn't intact you're like, okay, I don't know what is actually in or out of this cart. And part of your job is to go through all the carts, make sure everything is accounted for and everything is locked up. Okay. Like it's when the lock is on, you can assume that what's in there is supposed to be in there. Nothing is missing and nothing is added that shouldn't be in there. So once that's cracked, then you have access to whatever drugs are in there. And some of them are these paralyzing agents because some p- patients need to be intubated when they, they come into the ER. Right, right. Okay. I guess so, I'm just surprised that that type of a medication is even allowed to be available to nurses. Like if but this is coming directly from the pharmacy. And it is available to nurses. The doctors will say, I want, so succinicoline is another one, say, I want uh, X amount of sucks. So you go, okay, this is what you want. And you draw it up, yell it out. Someone writes it down. It, it ends up on orders. And these are verbal orders to begin with. But nurses do have access to this. We don't give it alone. We know not to give it alone. You can't give that. You don't just pull out. Well, yeah, you need to be. Or a You just don't pull this out. And say, okay, I'm going to give it. There has to be a respiratory therapist there. There has to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So, um, I guess that's what I'm. But it doesn't at. mean that the drug can't be spit out by accident because the pharmacy spits it out, or it's already in the cart that's that's there and it already is in stock. But the fact is, you don't know if you're going to have a patient crash on her floor, and there's not a you know a crash cart available, and that's where it comes. I don't know. I don't know the scenario here, but I'm yeah. saying it's not impossible for this drug to be part of the stock that's on the ward. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for that explanation. Yeah. yeah I was so, just curious. So she got it, and she said, "Look, I did it. I did it. I really screwed up here." And there she doesn't for a second, but she says, "I don't think I'm completely at fault here because this drug was spit out to me." Okay, so uh, like I said, they gave, they said she had 10 se- separate errors and one of them was overlooking the warning signs. Like I said, you know, it's it's right there. So when I heard that she gave this drug, I'm like, whoa, like I wasn't, <laughs> you know, it was midazolam. I'm thinking, well, what did she give way too much of that or, or what did she give? And I'm like, what? What? Immediately. What the fuck? But then, you know, there's always more to things, okay? fact is she's not saying she didn't do it she's saying she did it on august 20th 2019 the nashville medical examiner his name is dr fen lee is asked to re-examine the cause of death and now he reports it as accidental not as homicide not as natural but accidental On September 27, 2019, the Tennessee Department of Health Services reverses its decision not to discipline Vaught. Now she's charged with um, three things. 
unprofessional conduct, abandoning or neglecting a patient required care who required care and failing to maintain an accurate patient record. Um, they asked, why did you change your mind? And they refused to answer. And with that alone, she is faced with thousands and thousands of dollars in fines and uh, the revocation of her license. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, no, yeah, we even sent her a letter. It said everything is fine. Oh, no, no, we changed our minds. Why'd you change your minds? None of your business. None yeah. Okay. I have a quick question because I've never had an MRI or a CT touch wood. Um, are you, like, are your vitals not monitored? No, not if you're not. If you're not given medication, they're not. You don't need that. But if this lady was given a sedative and she's elderly and she had a subdural hematoma, wouldn't that be cautiously something you should do? Not if she was like knocked out cold. If she was given like a mild sedation to calm her. I don't know the doses that she was given. Maybe but if it's a failsafe they should put in place yeah. now. Well, yeah. If, if, if it's deemed that this patient needs to have monitoring, Yes. They do, and there's usually a, a nurse or attendant there that can monitor her vitals. But I guess they felt that she was doing so well, and it was a, a dose that was safe to give so that she didn't need to be monitored. And you are watched while you're in the machine. The only thing is, like, you're told to stay still. So, you know, you can't necessarily tell if the person is, is necessarily breathing or that kind of thing until their body reacts to that lack of oxygen. Okay, so... Yeah, noticing the chest not rising probably. Yeah. Um, late October to mid-November 2019, two legal proceedings start against her. One is a criminal trial. The second is a professional discipline hearing. So what, what's going to happen first? So her lawyer says, look, we want the criminal trial first because her defense and the outcome of her uh, criminal trial could be affected by the outcome of the professional right. discipline committee. That makes sense. Okay. So, and the attorneys from the professional discipline body say, nope, she's an urgent threat to the public. We need to try her first. And the judge, um, Elizabeth Cameron agrees and says, nope, do the discipline one first and then do the criminal one. December 15, 2019, um, a Tennessee um, investigation team reveals the actions taken by the hospitals obscured the circumstances of Murphy's death. It delayed and it hampered the investigation into the hospital. Charlene Murphy's grandson speaks out, and now he can speak out because of where he's positioned within this, you know, the money uh, cover-up. He says, they didn't want this to be known, so they didn't let it be known. A cover-up. That's what it screams. Vanderbilt refuses to comment. Of course. On January 16, 2020, her lawyer, Peter Strains, asks the county judge to overrule Judge Cambron, and he eventually does. Things are now delayed because of COVID. On July 22nd, 2021, the medical discipline hearing begins. So they delayed it, but still it didn't stop it from moving forward with that first. She admits to the error and says, um, it's completely my fault 
for not checking this medication and not giving it properly and catching the error. But she also says the mistake was made possible due to the faulty medication distribution procedures. So at the time, Vanderbilt was struggling with a problem that prevented communication between its electronic health records, medication cabinets, and hospital pharmacy. This was causing delays in accessing medications, and the hospital's short-term workaround was to override the safeguards of the cabinets so that they could quickly get the drugs. Hmm. This is what she said, quote, overriding was something we did as part of our everyday practice. You couldn't even get a bag of fluids for a patient without the override function. So it was broken. <laughs> the machines, the system was broken. July 23rd, 2021, the Tennessee Board of Nursing revokes her nursing license. March 21, 2022, criminal trial begins. And there's a considerable debate of whether the Vecaronium was actually the cause of death for Miss um, Murphy. During the trial, Eli Zimmerman, a Vanderbilt neurologist, testified it was, quote, in the realm of possibility that Murphy's death was caused entirely by her brain injury. So he's saying it is possible it was just something went wrong. Additionally, the Davidson County Chief Medical Examiner, Feng Li, who I talked about, testified that although he determined Murphy died from Vecaronium, he didn't verify how much of the drug was actually received. And he said a small dose may not have been lethal. Again, there's that door open that the drug may not. He said it, it was what killed her, but he couldn't be 100% sure. Okay. Many people are blaming the hospital, saying that their standardization of drug, dis you know, dispensing the drugs and the practices around that, they prioritized efficiency over patient safety. Uh, patient safety. Okay. Terry Boston was the hospital's pharmacy medication safety officer. And he had testified that the hospital did, in fact, have technical issues with the medical cabinets back in 2017. Now, he said it was resolved weeks before this happened. But I don't give a shit. Come on. Yo, yo you know what? There was a problem, but we fixed it. We fixed it. Everything's fine. <laughs> um... Vault's lawyers allege that, quote, we are engaged in a pretty high stakes game of musical chairs and blame shifting. And when the music stopped abruptly, there was no chair for Redonda Vaught. The Vanderbilt University Medical Center, they found a seat. So, you know, she was made the disposable person, the odd man out, the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Her lawyers also argued that although loss of life was irreversible, it was not fair to take Vaught's mistake and call it a criminal act of homicide. Yeah, it's not like she tried to cover it up. Yeah. On March 25th, 2022, she's convicted of criminally negligent homicide and also abuse of an impaired adult. She will be sentenced on May 13th of this year, and she could get anywhere between three to six years in prison for neglect of the patient. And hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, between legal fee, well, legal fees would be the biggest thing, I guess. 
Um, one of her quotes, quote says, I know the reason the patient is no longer here is because of me. Um, and there will not be ever a day that goes by that I don't think about what I did. And she said this in tears. Now, I've seen some interviews with her. And I got to tell you, she seems absolutely genuine to me. This does, she comes across as a remorseful, accountable woman. Okay. Um, so the American um, Medical Association says the trial could discourage nurses from reporting errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, therefore it would set a precedent that um, would hamper the patient's safety. Okay. It also stated that there were more effective and just mechanisms to address the Vought situation rather than a criminal prosecution. Furthermore, the statement also said that this ruling will have a long-lasting negative impact on the profession. Now there is um that's that's the AMA. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, they've got us they've got they've got a stand up for their You got you have a governing body though. They're, you know, taking her license away and charging her thousands of dollars. That's you can't get any more punished than that. Mm-hmm. She didn't intentionally kill this patient. Anyway, um, I just want to say, so there's a, a Facebook group called Show Me Your Stethoscope. And the founder, her name is uh, Janie Harver-Garner, said, and there's 600,000 members of this, of people of, you know, nurses, doctors, EMS, respiratory therapists, you name it. She said that healthcare just got changed forever. You can no longer trust people to tell the truth because they will be incriminating themselves. Um, you know, you think if you are taken into the police department for um, something and they say you have the right to remain silent and the person chooses to say, stay silent and ask for a lawyer, that kind of thing. This doesn't happen, happen when you're reporting. You can say, look, this happened. I'm admitting to it. And they're saying, okay, well then, you know what? We we might just charge you criminally. So when someone's life can be completely made upside down, lose their license, lose their ability to earn, lose their ability to support themselves and or their family if they have one, be raked over the coals, be char- um, you know, sued for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um you know, get criminal charges. Someone is going to be maybe less likely to be honest about it. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, No, but it no. does set it. That's why we have governing bodies. You fuck up. An incident report is put into place. It's taken directly to your manager. Your manager then puts in a process of deciding what to do next. And you may or they may decide to report it to the College of Nurses, at least here. The College of Nurses then brings it. In the meantime, you're suspended. You can't work. Okay? Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, the College of Nurses um, makes a decision. Like I said, this is in Canada, of what happens next. And you have a trial. Or, you know, and then you go in front of your peers. And they make a decision on what the, uh, what your now punishment, quote unquote, the outcome will be. And that's how it goes. It's not taken to the police to have you charged. Unless it's like you're Donald fucking Harvey. Yeah, I was going to say. Psycho boy. 
So this is why this was a huge thing. Nurses are saying, this is bullshit. This woman admitted to it. She told the proper authorities. She did everything she was supposed to do. And only when the hospital started looking bad about this, did they do something? In the meantime, they yeah, they, they shuffled. Even the board the that that investigates this sent her a fucking letter saying you're good. Yeah. And the the guilt and everything she has in her heart, it just weighs with her forever. I can almost guarantee that this nurse would never ever come near to making a mistake like that again. And in fact, she didn't pursue a job elsewhere that required patient direct care. She pursued a position where there was no direct care and she could use her knowledge to help with bed management. So want to make this clear. I am not condoning her practice in that case. I am not condoning not looking at your med, being sure what you're given, going over your orders, you know, three times and making sure. And if you're unsure, you get a, you know, unless it's part of the protocol is to have a cosigner or someone look at it with you. But she didn't do those things. And that led to this patient's death. That's that's bad. That's wrong. There's no doubt, and she's admitting to all of this. But if she was spit out the wrong drug, okay? Or if she, they were overriding the machine to get medication, the hospital has to be held accountable as well. And they had zero happened to them they got off scot free and she may serve jail time lose everything here's my question i mean i know for me i have liability insurance right because if someone if i hurt them or cause an injury or something or when i was a business owner you had liability insurance if someone slipped on the ice in front of your clinic or something so nurses have to have liability insurance correct Mm mm-hmm so personal liability, and then the hospital has liability insurance. So this is what I mean. I'm not con- not min- trying to minimize what happened. It was horrible that this family lost, you know, their mother, their grandmother, their their wife, or whatever, um, Mrs. Murphy. But um, you know, I mean, accidents do happen, right? I mean, that's why they call them accidents. Well, this was an absolutely horrific accident. But if we take the series of events, everything that took place here. This is more than just her picking up a drug, reconstituting it, giving it, and leading to brain death and then ultimate death of a patient. There are so many other factors involved, and those factors were dismissed. Mm-hmm. And she's the scapegoat. So I don't think anybody's arguing that what she did was wrong, especially her. Yeah, I mean, she made a medical error. She went right away and admitted to it. Um, But... She was a scapegoat and it's a, it's a dangerous precedent because it's not necessarily your, your peers and, or doctors, you know what I mean? Like your peers being in the medical profession, you report this and they're going to say, well, oh man, we can't do what Vanderbilt did. So, uh, let's just, you know, go for this and, and have her charged criminally and we'll be, you know, relinquished of all responsibility. Um, it's a it's a slippery slope and it's precedent changing and I think it's dangerous and I think that as nurses we're responsible to give excellent care in every way that we possibly can. We govern ourselves and we have a governing body. So it starts with us and our education and our our um knowledge and our skill and our experience 
and we have to do what's safe and in protocol for that patient. If we fail to do this, we are putting a patient at great risk. So it does start with us, right? Mm-hmm. But there also are mitigating circumstances. Some pretty massive. You might have a floor that's blowing up. You may have different staff all over the place. You may be training. I'm just saying, you may have a broken dispensing system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the case, and well, I and I think she's a, she's been uh, scapegoated, and I think it's brutal, and uh, I think taking her license away and blasting her on the media is enough, and and charging her, you know, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you know, go watch some of her interviews. And you, you know, you can determine whether you think she's uh, genuine or not. I, I personally see an, a completely uh, remorseful, genuine person who regrets what happened. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she starts to, you know, um, say, oh, well, but it isn't just me. Everybody, you know, not everybody, but so many people will go, oh, there we go. But the big but. No, come on. Some things have other. Do you know if there's an appeal in process? She's just waiting for sentencing. I don't know. Maybe at this point, I don't know. I don't hear anything about it. She may after the sentencing. I have no idea. I really hope that she doesn't go to prison. Um, She has no priors. She had an excellent record as a nurse. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the story. And uh, I think it's uh, horrific all around. It's a hospital, you know, not taking any responsibility for... You know, how how many other medication errors happened that weren't reported because of the system? Yeah, that would be, that would be, and, and especially if she's not had any kind of a history or prior, no. a spotless record, you know? Yeah. So that's uh, today's case. Well, that was a tough one. That's yeah. a tough one all around. I know it's close to your heart and... Um, you're passionate about this stuff. Well, I mean, I have zero, zero tolerance for, um, bureaucracy. Well, yeah, no, but I'm going to say I have zero incompetence. (laughs) Yeah. But I have zero tolerance for, um, you know, not doing your job the best that you can do in the medical profession. We are in a position of power. We are in a position where people's lives literally are in our hands. There are no room for mistakes. However, some mistakes do happen. Okay, and then things are put into place to stop those mistakes from happening in the future. And this is what's happened over the years. Every year that goes by, there's something that is supposed to be tweaked and looked at. As meta- as medicine changes, so does uh, protocol and, and practice, so you have to. But at the end of the day, I'll be the first one to say, you know, uh, I have no tolerance for that. But I've made, you know, mistakes. You know, I mean, I told you about uh, the patients that had the first name, same first name, same last name. And same age with the same um, condition, heart condition. And they were both to be sent home, but one was supposed to be get blood work, one last round of blood work done before being sent home. I sent the wrong one home. Um, and I was absolutely beside myself devastated. Like I, I, I thought I was going to puke. I told the nurse I was working with immediately. I booted it to my manager's office, office and I told her immediately in tears and the doctors. And they're like, it's all right. We'll call her up, see if she's okay. Um, but I, I did that. I, I admit, but it could have just as easily, you know, may have turned on me as well. You know, um, 
I, I still, I still think about it and I'm, I'm, I got a cringy face because I'm like, oh, like what if on the way home, like how to, her, her tropes could have came back through the roof, <laughs> you know, um, she could be stroking and, and, and get through the door with, you know, because she exerted herself. I, I, yeah, she, she didn't even come back to the hospital. They discharged the other lady the, or she was, the other lady was discharged and they called her up and said, your blood lurk is fine. You don't have to come in. Um, and this happened, God, what, 10, 12 years ago. <laughs> so they had the same name, same birthday. Yeah. Year. Yeah. They were not, like, not the exact same birthday, but it was okay. like, uh, Dorothy Smith, 75, uh, complaining of chest pain, history of, and then blood work, all this, all the same chest x-ray, that kind of thing. And, then uh, yeah, so. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in Toronto, this was not in Toronto, but in Toronto and the bigger cities, you often get, you know, you have a, a big population and you can get people with a lot of the same last names. So, you know, you could have on the board, you know, four people with the same last name mm -hmm. and around the same age. And, you know, you have to be one, it could be one letter different, but you have to be on that. You know, you have to be. You cannot, that's like looking and looking and looking over and over again to make sure you've got it right. But I mean, that's, that's life the way it is. Um, but like I said, it, mistakes can happen, but does that mean that someone should be criminally charged depending on what it is? I say, depending on what it is, mm -hmm. Donald Harvey. Yes. yes. <laughs> this woman, I think the governor, her governing body, you know, could have handled it and that would have been it. Somebody had to take the fall, right? Oh yeah. How does... Um, one nurse compete against one of the most pre prestigious hospitals in the U.S. with money coming out of every orifice mm -hmm. and lawyers, the top lawyers out there. She can't. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, your, well, that's... Cover your butt. Yep. CYA, cover your ass. So I'd like to know what you guys think about this case. Yeah. Um, what what your opinions you are. Um. If you're not on the Facebook group, please go check out the Facebook group. We've got a few new people to in the last week. And actually, the last few weeks, we've gotten a couple new people each week, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Facebook stat, shocking traumas and treatments uh, page. Just um, ask, join. We ask a few questions just to make sure that uh, you're not a bot or you're not trolling. And uh, pretty much everybody gets in. And it's a fun place to hang out. Um, and if you have a minute, it would be great if you went over to iTunes and left a review. I just got a review this week. It was a good one and Yay. it was nice. And, uh, Thank you. also too, if you're interested in supporting the page, um, above and beyond your listenership, which is amazing. Um, go check out Patreon, uh, for stat shocking traumas and treatments. There are different tiers with different perks and, um, I'm always looking to improve that and make it a place that you uh, like to hang out and be proud to support this, uh, this podcast. So thank you for tuning in today and listening to this. Love to know your opinion. And I hope that you're all doing well, that you're taking care of each other and that you're taking care of yourself. And that most importantly, you're loving yourself. Peace. Peace. One love.
One love. True crime and it gets none realer. Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill you. Gotta watch out, yeah, you gotta watch your back. Cause you don't wanna be another episode on stat. Thank you for tuning in, learn a thing or two. These medical mysteries can be unbelievable, yeah. Subscribe, make sure you do that so you'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show. Stack.